Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Shocks in the Premier League today. We look back on all the action. Liverpool are currently leading Spurs, but Harry Kane has got one back for the home side. It's 2 1 there. It's a big week here in Cork, of course. The world champions, the rugby world champions of Africa, are coming to town. Dear Madrako Sullivan chats to us about the occasion and the importance of it, of course, taking place in Parky Cueve. We also hear from Damien Catalan, St. Finbars, of course, in Munster Club, hurling action in a couple of weeks' time. They're taking on Tony Kelly's Bellier so that's sure to be a big one so tune in to hear from that that and much more coming your way between here and 7 Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock on the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM as I was just saying there Spurs are back in it at the new White Hart Lane it's 2-1 Antonio Conte sent Matt Doherty and uh, Kulisevsky on and within about 50 seconds the two of them had made a massive impact Matt Doherty playing the ball to Kulisevsky who played the ball to Harry Kane who carried out a ridiculous finish to be fair across Allison to make it 2-1 73 minutes gone we'll get a report on that as soon as we get it alright let's take a look though first of all at uh, the FEI uh, Women's Cup of course Shelburne crowned the champions today they beat Athlone Town 2-0 in the FEI uh, Cup the women's decider this evening Jesse Stapleton and Pearl Slattery with the goals for the Reds Noel King's side now have secured a famous double after they picked up the league title last weekend in Gaelic Games Kilmacook Croaks are into the semi-finals of the Leinster Senior Club Football Championship the defending champions beat last year's beaten finalists Nace 3-14 to 14 points in Parnell Park Craig Diaz uh, Hugh Kenny and Dara Mullen with the goals for the Dublin side. They'll join Meads, uh, Ratoth, uh, and the Downs of Westmeath in the final four after they had wins over Offaly champions uh, Road and St Mary's RD in Louth, respectively. Uh, Leash, Port Darlington, uh, Leash's Port Darlington, should I say, also into the semi finals after a 319 to 9 point win over Palatine of Carlo. Sarsfield's unfortunately beaten in the semi finals of the Munster Senior Club Camogie Championship. Scarif got the better of the Corkside, winning out 16 points to 111. And have we a penalty shot here? At the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I don't think it's gone, it's not gone to a check, bit of a 50-50 coming together between Kanate and Kane. Um, I think the ball has gone out for a throw-in or a goal kick or something. Antonio Conte is acting nearly as ball boy on the sideline. He's running after, chasing after, he chased after Klopp and everything with a ball at one stage. Uh, very exciting, uh, very excited man on the sideline. Uh, in golf, Seamus Power is taking to the course in Mexico for the final round of the Worldwide Technology Championship. The Waterford man is looking to build on his third round 63 last night, which put him, put him into fourth on 15 under par. A hole in one as well yesterday. I think he had two or three eagles, a hole in one. He was absolutely on fire. He's right in form at the moment, of course. Um, and won uh, won the Bermuda Championship of course last week uh, Power 7 shots off leader Russell Henley he's on 22 under ahead of the action in Mexico racing big day uh, the big race of the day of course uh, in Cork the Cork Grand National it was won 
by the 11-1 shot Captain Kangaroo for Willie Mullins Gordon Elliott's Deffy Blue finished in second uh, while recited a prayer was third for Mullins right let's dive into the day's action in the Premier League and the early game an early game 12 o'clock start on a Sunday is very rare isn't it Arsenal they beat Chelsea 1-0 in that game at Stamford Bridge here is the full time report from Dave Garrett Chelsea nil Arsenal 1 Gabriel perhaps the unlikely match winner with a close range goal after a corner on 63 minutes Arsenal at top of the table again it was something of a surprise the goal came from a set piece as the Gunners have played the much better football and have made several chances from open play Jesus with a header from 6 yards that he perhaps should have done better with although he stretched every neck muscle to get there he extended Mendy just before the goal Aubameyang played against his old club was booed when he had the ball which wasn't much and then was not at all as he was subbed off straight after the Gabriel goal as the Arsenal fans went from delight to delirium. Frustration for Chelsea, who never really looked like getting back on level terms. A couple of skirmishes in and around Ramsdale's area, but no major scares. Back-to-back defeats in the league for Graham Potter's side. They won in Europe in the week, but Arsenal are a lot better than Dynamo Zagreb and are on top of the league again. Could they be the champions of England again? Results like this will help a lot. Chelsea nil, Arsenal won. Mm, interesting last line uh, from Dave Garrett there as he did say they're back on top of the Premier League after the win McLaren to the side have gone two points clear of champions Manchester City uh, City of course climbed to the summer yesterday after a scrappy win against Fulham uh, but Arsenal now have usurped them again and the Arsenal boss Arteta says it's a big result it's another step as a team I think um, to come here against a top opponent top manager top world class player around the pitch and to perform dominate the game and, and actually win it um, it's very meaningful so hopefully it will give the boys even more belief Chelsea remains 7th in the Premier League following the defeat it's a second consecutive loss for manager Graham Potter in the top flight his unbeaten start came to an end at his old club Brighton last weekend he admits he can't complain about today's result you can see the difference in the two teams in terms of confidence in terms of points that they've got in terms of structure and work together we're not in a uh, I would say not in a fantastic moment as we speak and um, in the end I think as much as it's not nice to say I think Arsenal deserve to win the game and with a better team Ooh, Tottenham going very close there long lay with a header from a corner kick for Spurs just over the bar and they're absolutely penning Liverpool in at the moment it's been all Spurs uh, in the second half uh, for definite and um, they very nearly cut a Perisic as well at the crossbar at the start of the half a really well worked move and uh, just smashed it off the crossbar like the two goals Salah scored the two goals to Liverpool in the first half and they were just gifts Eric Dyer I mean I don't know what he was trying to do he just headed the ball straight down in front of Salah and uh, I'd say Salah couldn't believe his luck took took the goal well actually the first goal to be fair was was uh, was much better it was a uh, good good enough move um, Salah finishing it off Nunes uh, with, a, with a good good touch inside the box laying it off to him uh, to be fair but it has been a very good game loads of chances um, in that one at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium alright not a good day for United though Manchester United losing to Aston Villa uh, Una Emery's first game in charge Una Emery is just he's the he's he's just the man either he, United cannot get over this guy uh, even when he was at Arsenal as well and like there were some bad Arsenal teams that he had uh, the team that he had that time uh, at the time he was there and they still beat United he's clearly just the bogeyman uh, for, for Manchester United Tom Ross reports from Villa Park Aston Villa 3 Manchester United 1 a dream start for Unai Emery in front of 42,058 at Pack Villa Park 
They went ahead after 11 minutes with two goals from Leon Bailey and Luca Dina. And Villa were much the better side. United pulled themselves back into the game with a lucky goal. A Luke Shaw shot deflected into the net off Ramsey. But the second half, United had a lot of the ball but made no use of it whatsoever. And it was Villa who went 3-1 up. Jacob Ramsey smashing the ball into the net after great work from Ollie Watkins down the left-hand side. Martinez had to make a save towards the end, but it was never in doubt. This was a super win for Aston Villa. Aston Villa 3, Manchester United 1. Yeah, just to pick up what uh, Tom Ross said there in that report, uh, Bruno Fernandes really was a huge loss. He was suspended for the game. And as much as people have questioned his performances this year, you could just see the difference. Uh, him not being there made, there was just absolutely no energy at all. No bit of ingenuity, no bit of you know, fight uh, up front. Uh, plenty of fight in the back. Lissandro Martinez was just slapping and hitting belts and flaking out at everyone he hit uh, I think it was Ramsey or actually it was Leon Bailey he had him an awful thump into the stomach at one stage and uh, got away with it he actually didn't get booked and he must have floored three or four fellas uh, throughout the game but uh, yeah Donny van der Beek starting instead of Bruno Fernandes and uh, he's uh, he's not uh, he's not up to it uh, is is the nicest way to put that United now remaining outside the Premier League's top four following the defeat United boss Eric Ten Hag tells Sky Sports his players have the experience to have done better you have to read the game get the right organisation and not concede two goals and that was totally unnecessary because then you have to uh, stay together compact win your battles and on the ball stay on the ball and that is all what we didn't Winning start, of course, as we said, for new Villa manager Una Emery as Darren Nunes goes close there for Liverpool, still 2-1, 82 minutes gone. Uh, but yeah, Una Emery, uh, new Villa manager, winning start. You know, Villa hadn't registered a victory against United at Villa Park in the top flight since 1995 before today. And they did it today, of course, 3-1. Emery tells Sky Sports the supporters played a big part. The energy was amazing. And the energy they transmit us and we transmit and their response is uh, playing with uh, good pieces, with uh, with good rhythm, and then with uh, our skills. And I think the the players they feel so good here at home. A very good evening for Una Emery. Full time, of course, at St Mary's, uh, and uh, not a good not a good day for for Southampton at all. Newcastle giving them a bit of a thrashing. Here's Richard Newman. Full time, Southampton one, Newcastle United four. Booze at the final whistle from Southampton fans. Their team third from bottom. Lady House side heading third in the Premier League for a bit at least. Miguel Almiron scored his seventh goal in as many games to put the visitors ahead in the first half. Racing clear to finish. And though Southampton should have equalised through Mohamed Al Yunusi just before the break, Shay Adams missed on the volley and that proved crucial. Half time sub Chris Wood doubled Newcastle's lead shortly before the hour mark. Four minutes later, the game was killed off. It looked like by Joe Willock finishing a brilliant Kieran Trippier through ball. Southampton did pull a goal back later on through Roman Perot, but Bruno Grimaraes scored the best goal of the game in stoppage time from range, curled into the bottom corner. Newcastle clinical, a fourth straight win. It's finished Southampton 1, Newcastle 4. Another chance goes begging for Tottenham. I think it was Bentancur with the headed effort and uh, tame enough from about five or six yards out uh, into the hands of Alisson in goals who's pretty much a free header and he really should have tucked it away for two all um, 83 and a bit minutes gone there Newcastle of course consolidated their position in the Premier League's top four with that win it moves them within seven points of the leaders Arsenal and extends their unbeaten run to nine matches manager Eddie Howe tells Sky Sports his side showed character 
Very pleased with the result. Performance wasn't our best. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to pick it to pieces. Delighted with the players. Again, this was a tough game for us today. We knew that coming into it. So Anthony yesterday dropped into the bottom three. Knew that usually sparks a reaction. We were quite at our best, but we scored some great goals. Yeah, uh, Spurs going for a bit of bombardment at the moment. And Allison got a bit of a belt in the box there. Um, was it who was going up for that header? Matt Doherty. Doherty gave him a bit of a wallop. <laughs> All right, he stayed down. Um, Doherty actually got to the ball first. Uh, valid shot for a penalty there by the by the Spurs players, uh, but they played on. Nothing has come of it. Um, Crystal Palace, uh, probably the most exciting game uh, so far of the day, uh, was at the London Stadium. Palace grabbed the late winner away to West Ham. Guy Swindles saw that. West Ham one, Crystal Palace two, and Palace, who have been the better team throughout, five finally scored the winner with virtually the last kick of the match. West Ham had been on the attack. Antonio was to the byline. He had four players to pass it to. Instead found only the Palace keeper who rolled the ball out. Palace went up the other end and Elise's curling effort was deflected into the top corner. West Ham took the lead through Ben Rama. Zaha equalised before the break. West Ham thought they'd had a penalty given to them ten minutes before the end only for it to be overturned on VAR. West Ham one Crystal Palace two. In Scotland, Rangers suffered a shock two-one defeat to St Johnston, and they remain seven points behind leaders Celtic. One last chance maybe for Spurs. Knocked it down in the box, and Liverpool managed to clear away. Kanate has got his head to a lot of ball uh, in the Liverpool defence. To be fair to him today, um, of course. Then um, the, the the Premier League goes on hiatus because the weekend after next, uh, the World Cup in Qatar 2022 begins. Uh, this day, two weeks actually to be exact. Sunday the 20th, it all kicks off, and it has all the makings of being an absolute disaster off the pitch. At least um, the logistics are a bit of a mess. I don't think they've been planned out properly in anticipation of what you know the the the, the wave of a crowd that's going to hit them uh, come two weeks time. You're talking about an area the size of Wexford, which was pointed out in the, in that graphic that that came about there a couple of weeks ago. Um, saw it on Twitter. I'm not sure who actually originally made the graphic, but um, basically all eight stadiums fit in. Side Wexford, <laughs> if you put them side or if you put them on top of each other on a map, let's say, um, and of course it was supposed to be twelve stadiums, uh, stadia originally, but it's only eight that actually ended up uh, being completed. I saw an ad for accommodation as well for maybe two hundred euro a night uh, in and around. It was in dollars. It was about two hundred and ten dollars or something like that. Uh, whatever that works out to be, but it's basically just it's a big plot of land full of shipping containers, hundreds of them. And like no plans of, of you know, having, uh, you know, uh, certain nationalities, fans in this area or that area, everyone just mixed together, which like is surely a recipe for disaster. The metro stations as well, they're going to be over capacity. Um, and that's all before you even look at the, the human rights issues, of course, which uh, was in the news again and, and is going to be in the news, rightly so, for the next Next for the next month, um, countries taking part in in the World Cup have been told to focus on football, not politics. When the tournament gets underway by FIFA, they wrote to the 32 nations amid criticism um, over host Qatar's human rights record. 
Uh, England and Wales have already said their captains will wear multicoloured armbands in support of homosexuality, which is illegal in the Gulf state. Sky's Rob Harris says the letter didn't specifically mention the one love armbands. They're waiting a response. They say they'll wear them and it really shows this letter just how fraught this World Cup will be after a 12-year build-up dogged by controversies. Yeah, the letter uh, asks the, the quote uh, in, in that FIFA letter uh, it was asking that the sport not be dragged into every ideological or political battle that exists um, you know so look I much I've, I, I look I look forward far more to the Women's World Cup next year uh, on in Australia and New Zealand now as far as I can see no none of these tournaments have ever been good or have, they've never come about in a good way there, there's always some controversy Spurs again coming close there but there's always some controversy even going back to Brazil and South Africa like there's there was workers rights issues there as well but this is just on another level in Qatar and of course Gary Neville then I don't know if you saw he was a guest presenter on Have I Got News For You um, himself and Ian Hislop had a bit of uh, back and forth well it was basically Ian Hislop just giving him a bit of uh, uh, a lecture I suppose Gary Neville was kind of stunned into silence. I think the issue with Gary Neville is he's gone over there with BN, which is the like Qatar state, uh, the state TV channel. Um, you know that I suppose uh, uh, Andy Gray and um, God, the other fella I can't even remember the just banter fella. I can't even remember is Richard Keys. Uh, they're over there working uh, with BN as well, and Gary Neville is going to work from. If he, if he was going over there as part of ITV or BBC or something, at least you can say you know I'm just working with them because a lot of print journalists have faced fairly unfair uh, questions about that as well you know if you're giving out about it so much why are you going over there covering it and getting paid to cover it And but you know that's their job they have to cover the World Cup uh, while highlighting the, the issues that's going on but I think Gary Devil's argument is tarnished by the fact that it's you know, he's it's being sport he's going over there working with. So uh, that's where the issue comes there. And look, it's not a tournament I particularly am looking forward to. You know, and look at the list of players that are injured as well. I mean, there's an injury every week. Um, it, like I suppose uh, one of the ones we would have been aware of in the Premier League is Raphael Varane. It looks like he'll be back. Paul Pogba is out. There's loads of players out. Loads of players missing. Uh, Hyungmin's son as well, of course, should be playing here today for Spurs. Um, has a, frank, a fractured eye socket. And so it's unlikely he might be playing as well. Like, so... Uh, I don't know I'm not looking forward to the World Cup maybe once it starts uh, it might uh, it might be a bit more exciting but uh, certainly you know thinking back on South Africa 2010 and Brazil 2014 they were far more exciting for me and of course then the last one was Russia so uh, just, it just doesn't really get much better uh, uh, you know that that kind of way um, it, it seems to just be following that path of having these competitions in fairly dodgy places you know uh, look We'll move on to a sporting event that I am very much excited for, um, which is, of course, taking place this week. And Thursday night is the night the Springboks come to Parky Cueve to take on Munster in an historic clash at the famous GA grounds. I spoke to Munster legend Billy Holland and All-Ireland winner with Cork Dermot the Rock O'Sullivan ahead of the occasion. You can listen back to last night's show, The Big Red Bench on uh, redfm.e or all podcast platforms to hear that to hear from Billy and his thoughts on the game and uh, some very interesting thoughts on Resi Erasmus who we might uh, talk about a bit more later on in the show but here is Cork Legend The Rock 
I'm delighted to be joined by All-Ireland winner and former coach of the Cork Hurlers, Dermot Rock O'Sullivan at Parky Cueve as Pinergy today were unveiled as the presenting partner for Munster Rugby's historic clash with South Africa at the Cork GA grounds on Thursday, November 10th. Pinergy, who are proud sponsors of the Munster Senior Schools Cup, are continuing to support the province by hashtag powering the difference for this game, which will see professional rugby played at the famous GA venue for the first time. Pinergy is proud to support sustaining the future of rugby in the province and supply 100% renewable energy to Munster's Thoman Park and Musgrave Park. Dermot, thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Yeah, brilliant, Aidan. Um, delighted to be here. Um, you know, for what's what's a unique occasion be, you know, and credit to Penergy for putting this whole thing together at Munster South Africa down the park. It's uh, definitely a unique ring to, the, ring to that one. So, um, you know, here, here's to a wonderful Thursday night. Absolutely, yeah. Exciting uh, a week ahead. How important for, for sport in general in Cork do you think this occasion is? And especially, as you said, the, the venue that it's taking place in. For years, Aidan, right, we've looked on at kind of the history being built between Munster and the All Blacks and, and Tom and Park and, and the uniqueness around that occasion and the sporting occasion that it is in itself. Um, and credit to credit to them for building that but now there's an opportunity for Cork uh, to build something unique for themselves you know with this challenge um, with, the, with this Munster versus South Africa game to, to set out um, in a day and a half it's uh, it's testament to Penergy and the work they've done that you know on a Thursday night in, in November that the 42,000 tickets will be sold out so again it just shows you the attractiveness of the occasion and the attractiveness um, that's that sport and sport in general have you know brings the Cork people, um, you know for too long as I said we've we've been kind of going up the road at home in a place like these to look at these games so it's absolutely wonderful to uh, to actually only travel 15, 20 minutes up the road to watch it, so yeah it, it'll be it'll be interesting. Absolutely, yeah. I suppose other sports being played at GA grounds, <clears throat> excuse me, being played at GA grounds is still rare enough. Obviously, Croke Park housing the Irish teams during the renovation of Lansdowne Road was the turning point in all of that. And it's a good thing that we're not hiding away these world class stadia from from the rest of the world anymore. In absolutely, you even you even go back to the you know to the Liam Miller game, right? Again, yeah. that highlights the importance of sport. And supporting sport to Cork people, you know, was it a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon? It came again. It sold out, right? Um, Parky Weaver again is sold out for the Monster Monster Rugby game. If anything, this is an opportunity for the GA to showcase the stadia they have. Like we're, we're so lucky that an amateur association can produce stadia like this. Um, you know, to this spec, to this standard, and an opportunity to highlight it when they can should always be taken. So, you know, if your Crow Parks or Turles, obviously the the, the, the new park Cueve, it's, it, you know, we should be proud of what we have. We shouldn't be afraid to show it off. I, say, I suppose it's special as well now that there's so many Cork players on the Munster team at the moment. And I was speaking with Billy, like he, I think he said the only time he was in Parky Cueve was during a school sports day, which very fancy school sports day, like in fairness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he didn't tell you he came last in the race, he though, did, did he? To be fair, he did, he did. Did fair. he? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we just had to get down out. Okay, he might be uh, he might be indestructible on these these television shows, but he, he can't run. So we're, <laughs> we're lucky enough that way. But, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
You know, you look at the emerging talent in Munster at the moment, right? And they're going through a transitional period. Um, like every team in every sport does. But, you know, it's um, it's backbone by a lot of young car talent. Um, now, how that, car ta- how that car talent is slipping from the GA hands is another day's work, right? We could investigate that further another day. But isn't it wonderful to see car, young car men backboning, uh, you know, such a brand that is Munster? Absolutely. Like you said, Silo Crowd, you know what that's like at the park. Um, what are your favourite memories of the venue? Oh, I suppose one. Uh, God, we've. Funny enough, right? We were. I had very few senior hurling championship games there, actually. No, we had um, a couple of very, very good under 21 championship games. I remember one night, right? We. Um, back in 1998, in the Monster semi final in 1998. We played Waterford, a Waterford team at Ken McGrann, Dan Shannon's at East World in the most senior cha- or in an under twenty one game. We beat them by thirty seven points. Like that was that was huge. That was absolutely huge. Um we won a Munster in two thousand and five or six. Was it five or six? We played tip I think it was two thousand and five. We played tip down the park. An absolute scorcher of a day. We were 12, 13 points up. And towards the end of the game, I think we won by two or three, but that was a fantastic sell out game. Um, but look, it, it's hard to beat it. It's hard to beat it, even even when opposing teams are, you know, with, with, with non-cork teams are, are playing down the park. It, it's still a great place to go. It's a wonderful place to watch a game, you know. Yeah, I suppose your 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 main experience of of the renovated stadium has been on the sideline mm. um, with with the cork teams over the past how many every years five, five, six three, years. Plus. Yeah, we three yeah. years. We had a break for two, and we yeah. two and a break for two, and then three again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like and and some very good occasions as well uh, in that period. Yeah, look, I suppose he was, um, you know, Courtney. It needed an upgrade. Um, it got an upgrade. So hopefully, over the over the next couple of years, that you know results can start going accordingly, and and, and uh, Cork can again, Parky Creeve can again become a fortress of hurling for Cork. Not only Cork, but Cork football as well. And I think, you know, the um, footballers have done, you know. Uh, they they make it their own as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like we're coming to the end of the GA season and pretty much straight away the start of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I suppose uh, like we've seen some enthralling club action there over the last couple of weeks in Parky Cueve in football and hurling. Um, does that does that get you excited for the season next year intercounty wise in twenty twenty three? Yeah, absolutely. I think rightly so. The football championships finished at the weekend and the hurling the weekend before like. We've seen some wonderful, wonderful games down the park and credit to everyone. And congratulate all the winners in the various different categories. Um it's a heartbreak for a lot of guys in a lot of finals too, but you know, you have to credit to the credit teams who are victorious and um you know they they rose to the occasion. But yeah, I suppose you know, but yes, I suppose there's still the question in the back of my head in there, right? Yeah, it's the club championships over, but we haven't seen an intercounty player on the television since last July. You know, we won't see him again till February. You know, that's why all other sports, and yes, we're here to talk about rugby and Penergy and, and the Monster South Africa thing. I, I get that. Um, but I suppose from a GA perspective, it's disappointing that we won't, we won't see our, our, our inter-county players that now because kids are fickle at the moment, right? Say, take your, your young supporters from 6 to 14. There's something different every week. You know, there was the Ronaldo saga last week. There'll be the Paul Bogba saga for this week he's missing the World Cup to be something else next week so all other sports are being, are being discussed and talked about while our the cream of the crop of our players are, are sitting at home and uh, wintering well and getting ready to go again for February 
I suppose, yeah, and like to bring that all back then at least they, we have people going to Parky Cree for a massive sporting occasion that once get getting people used to going to that stadium, no matter what's on there, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Look, I think to back up the, the weekend that's just gone, the Jazz weekend, I think it's been wonderful for Cork, right? Because you know, Cork needs investment, it needs people coming in and need you know, it's like it's like any economy, right? It has to keep moving. And then in short, such a short space of time, the 42,000 people come to Cork on the Thursday night again. You know, it's brilliant for the local economy. And, and rightly, you said it, the more events we can have in Cork, you know, it, it'll highlight everything that's good about it for us. Absolutely, sorry. <coughs> we just that, woke up the That's because you want to see, that's because you want it all blown, Killarney or Trinity or something like that. That's what is wrong with you. That's the stack park all the way. That's the stack, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, David, we're all looking forward to Thursday, November 10th, Munster versus Springboks. I'm sure hopefully Munster will be able to put in a, a big performance and a good occasion at least anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's um, it's a unique occasion as you rightly said, uh, Aidan, right? Um whether you're a rugby supporter, soccer supporter, GA supporter, it's going to be unique. It's going to be a brilliant, brilliant occasion. Um, you know, as I said, it's sold out in a day and a half, so the attractiveness of a loan, you know, that, that speaks volumes. Um, but absolutely looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks a million for sharing uh, your thoughts with us on the show. Cheers, Aidan. Thank you. Yeah, Dermot Rocco Sullivan there on next Thursday's huge game at the park. I cannot wait for it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully, like we said, Munster are going to give it a good rattle and it'll be interesting to see what sort of South Africa team uh, is on the pitch as well. But it should be a good one. It should be a good one. It's a huge, like like Dermot was saying there, what a huge occasion for Cork, you know, and it's great to see that that happening at, at Parky Cueve, um, at the great facility that it is and it's it's getting uh, it's getting the global eyes on it as well you know everyone's going to be everyone's going to see the highlights of this game everyone's going to see what a great stadium it is so it's uh, it's yeah uh, everyone's a winner like Billy Holland was saying last night you know from a financial standpoint from from you know growing the game and just for general you know for sports fans here uh, everyone's a winner so it's a good occasion and uh, hopefully the first of many over the next uh, couple of years right Damien Catalad is on the way to talk about the bars upcoming campaign in the Munster Club Championship and we look back on Ireland's win against South Africa last night don't go away The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM you're very welcome back to the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock and it's full time at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Liverpool have picked up their first away win of the season. Ian Beach reports. Tottenham 1, Liverpool 2. Mo Salah's two goals in the first half proved to be the difference. But Tottenham really pushed in the second half. Uh, they hit the bar. They pulled one back through Harry Kane. And they laid siege around the Liverpool penalty area for the last 10 minutes. They just couldn't find a way to get the equalising goal. Harry Kane scored for the sixth Premier League game in a row. And Liverpool pick up their first away win of the Premier League season. It finishes Tottenham 1, Liverpool 2. Yeah, Spurs are definitely going to rue that one. They had so many chances in the second half. Like, they should have equalised. They could have won it. Uh, Liverpool... um, 
to be fair two good goals in the first half they totally dominated the first half uh, Liverpool to be fair to them uh, but Spurs I mean they really should have they had so many chances they had too many chances you know they, they should have gotten something from that game but like you said you know what, what Liverpool do with this now first away win of the season which is mental I didn't realise that uh, you know that just shows how, how difficult a start it has been for them uh, but I'm sure uh Jurgen Klopp at least will be a bit happier and a bit more upbeat in his press conferences we might hear from them a little bit later on if we have time if anything comes through before 7 o'clock now let's move on and St Finbars will face Bellier in two weeks time in the Munster Club Senior Hurling Championships of course they kicked off uh, this weekend I was actually in Killarney myself yesterday uh, for a Munster Junior Hurling Championship quarter final Kilgarvan playing Banner uh, Banner of Clare Banner of Clare got the better of Kilgarvan by goal but um, Shane Meehan who some of you may remember he played against Cork he scored a goal against Cork in the other 20s at the start of the year it wasn't actually enough on the day luckily for Cork but this guy I knew he was the man to watch when he went there I did not expect uh, the performance he was going to give he, 212 out of the 215 I think 28 possibly 2728 from play unbelievable stuff uh, honestly did not expect it uh, an unbelievable uh, performance by him but uh, yeah uh, interesting um, that uh, in, I suppose just you know these club championships um, to be fair they're they're causing a, a nice bit of buzz around the place uh, you know being streamed and all that uh, so it's great to see and obviously uh, then St Finbars get their chance in a couple of weeks time they ended a 29 year wait for a county title last month they beat Blackrock of course as we know at Parky Cueve Tim and Catalan attended the launch of the AB club championships during the week I spoke to him about the county title win and the upcoming game in the Munster Championship I'm delighted to be joined by St Finbar's hurler Damien Catalan for the launch of this year's AOB Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships and the AOB GA All-Ireland Club Championships this season AOB will honour hashtag the toughest players those who persevere no matter the challenge ahead giving their all for their club and community year after year AOB is celebrating its 10th year as proud sponsors of the AOB Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships and their 32nd year supporting the AIB GA All-Ireland Club Championships Thanks for joining us Damien Yeah, no bother Zayden First of all uh, have the boots dried out from the county final I'd, I'd say flippers would have been more suitable Yeah, they've been on the, the rad at home for a couple of weeks No, we went back training there um, last week early last week and uh, yeah it was nice to get back into it after the you know I suppose digesting and celebrating after the, the final um, but yeah um, looking forward to, to Munster Club and the, the, the challenge that's ahead now yeah, I suppose an incredible day in Parky Cueve, like to end 29 years of a wait, literally a lifetime, like for Frawley on the team. Um, I imagine it ranks as probably the best of the days you've had on, on a pitch. Yeah, it's up there. Um, you know, it was absolutely, uh, incredible to, to be part of it. And I suppose when you're in the middle of the season and you're in the middle of, um, a final, you, you, you don't appreciate at the time, I suppose. Um, how special an occasion and how special a run it was for, for ourselves, um, for our families, for the club, um, and everyone involved in it. Um, but you know, it, it does, it ranks up there and, uh, it was, it was, it was a special feeling and looking back on it, um, you know, it's, it's something that you can, you can savor and enjoy now, uh, looking back on it. But I suppose at the time, as I said, maybe didn't appreciate how, uh, how significant or, or special it was. 
like the season he had was quite remarkable. You came through the group of death, you know, you, you seem to get better with every game. Talk us through that process and what it was like to be a Bears player this year. Yeah, look, I suppose from the start of the year, uh, we, we, we had a lot of guys that were involved with di- different representative teams, um, be it under 20s and seniors with, with, with Cork in hurling and football. Uh, you had the, the footballers as well in, in the bars that went on a, a good run this year and, and uh, ourselves as well, myself, Connor and Jack with, with Castlehaven. So I suppose the year up until the Charleville game was was quite fractured. Um, the management did a fantastic job, to be fair, in, in um, you know keeping things together while while there was a lot of us away, um, and you know I suppose teaching the kind of key learnings of of what we're about and what we want to do. Uh, we started off with a tough game against Charleville. Uh, we were probably down two or three with injuries, um, and knew that it was going to be a very, very tough game against Charleville. We played them last year, and they had improved and improved as the year went on, and again improved and improved this year. Um, so we knew the challenge that was ahead of us, and we were lucky to get out of there with with a draw that day. Uh, they possibly, possibly should have won that game. Um, and we went on from there then and uh, had two two good wins in the in the remainder of the the group uh which kind of set us up to to go on to the knockout rounds with with a bit of confidence like the team is so young you know like you're you're one of the elder statesmen like you're you're not that old yourself like you know uh it's it's a, it is a quite a remarkable group and like you said i suppose that excitement then that starts building when you do go through the knockout stages and was there a bit of a job maybe to keep those young guys a bit uh, a bit settled down or did you kind of just let them let them uh, look, I, I, I don't think you want to i don't think you want to bring guys down off that high too much it can be a good thing as well um i suppose you want them to to ride that crest of a wave um, and you want to bring them through it, but I think you want to 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 maybe make them realise that that um, the, those those games that we were playing and that we were performing well in and that we were getting results were a result of of hard work. So I suppose you want to kind of ride that crest of a wave and that good feeling and the buzz around it, but you don't want to you don't want to forget what what creates that either, and you want to gr- kind of ground that in in hard work. Um, and I suppose, you know, we, the older guys kind of fed off the, the exuberance of the, the youth in the, in the team. And I think the youth in the team probably, um, got a nice little bit of grounding as well off of us. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a mix that worked. Um, and look, I suppose we, we were lucky at the end of the day. We, we, we went on, we won a championship and it's something that we can look back on now, um, with, with a bit of satisfaction. Obviously, the guys had a, a difficult loss in, in the football final. Um, is it a good thing then, though, that those dual players can can park that and they can just jump back into training with yourselves for the Munster Club? Well, for them, I suppose it's nice to have something to go back to and not to be able to, to, to dwell on defeat for, for too long. It will be a sour note to end the year on for, for them. Uh, it's nice for them to have something to go back to. But I think, you know, um, all year when, when Castlehaven and the Bears were both winning games and, and coming through their groups and then the Bears hurlers were winning games as well, uh, we were playing games week on week on week and you were kind of riding, as I said, that crest of a wave. Um, you were feeding off of the buzz and the energy of winning games and your recovery was better because of it. The mood was better because of it. So, look, if they had won the football, it would have been, I think it would have been 
been a great thing for the club because you're going into to Munster Championship. The, the the club in hurling and football would have been going forward into the Munster Championship um, together and and uh, feeding off of that kind of that energy. Um, but look, um, we'll rally around the guys that that were playing in that football game now, and and um, we'll go back to work to, together and and prepare as best as we can for uh, for a massive challenge ahead. I suppose we do. We like we, we do make a lot out of the the long wait to land a hurling title for the bars. But like that, a lot of you had that experience. Like yourself, you had the experience of winning with Castlehaven, and the guys had experience of winning with the bars last year. So it wasn't like you were a team that didn't know how to win titles. Yeah, and look, I suppose a lot of the younger guys that came through as well, they had had great success in underage. <clears throat> So, you know, it, it was something that, that was now, I won't say natural because you have to work for it. Um, but guys knew what they had to do to, to put it in to, to win championships, uh, to win games. Uh, they knew what it's about. And, um, look, we grounded ourselves in hard work all year. And that was, that was, that was it. Uh, we got the fruits of it at the end. Uh, but in other years, you know, you could put in the, the same amount of work and you might not come out on the right side of it. So um, it's nice to appreciate the, the year we've had as well. Sure, Cunningham, um, he just seems to be the, that guy you want to follow into war, like, you know, Bars and Cork legend. Like, he was kind of the perfect general, really, this year. Yeah, he was, to be fair. Uh, he's great experience. Um, he would have worked with a lot of the older guys as well <clears throat> uh, at various different stages with uh, with Cork setups, with UCC setups, with, um, you know, with, 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 with the bars. I think he was involved maybe up until 2007 or eight. Um, so he would have worked with a lot of the older guys and then he kind of was involved at underage as well with the, the younger guys coming through. So he, he knew what both sets of players uh, or both kind of um, demographics within the within the squad. He knew how to kind of work with both of them and it just provided that kind of nice bit of balance to it. Knew what guys were about, knew what motivated them, uh, knew what didn't motivate them. And uh, yeah, it was a, he was a, a good, good choice now and, uh, you know, gelled the thing together nicely. Um, I suppose for yourselves, you know, it's a family affair, like three brothers. I think the three combined as well for Brian Hayes' goal uh, in, in the hurling final. Yeah, look, it, it, it is nice to play with your brothers, I suppose. Uh, it's something that you think about kind of when you're growing up um, and, you know, the two lads were there and I was watching them coming through the underage uh, ranks and then Connor made his debut a number of years ago and, you know, I was thinking this is great getting to play with your brother and <clears throat> can you kind of I suppose make sure that the body is right and, and look after yourself so that you get to play with uh, with Jack as well and you know I was lucky enough that uh, look the last kind of year or two I was able to, to play with both of them and it, it is something special um, and you know I'm sure in years to come we probably we probably don't uh, realise it now but uh, in years to come it's probably something that we'll look back on with, with, with great pride then I suppose an exciting matchup. Obviously, plenty of talent and uh, some fella called Tony Kelly involved there as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, Tony is a fantastic player, um, one of the best, in the, if not the best, in the in the country. Um, we'll have to be on top of our game to 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 you know perform 
um, and give ourselves a chance to to get a result up there. Um, it's not going to be an easy task. Um, but look, we'll have to we'll have to go back for the next kind of couple of weeks and and ground ourselves in hard work again, and um, you know put in the hard yards and hopefully go up there and give a good give a good account of ourselves. I suppose your experience and the experience of the guys who would have played with Cork over the last couple of years coming up against Clare, that's hugely important heading into this game. I imagine you can offer a lot of of of, of knowledge, I suppose, in coming up against a, a player like that and a side like that. Yeah, look, I suppose we don't want to forget either what we do well. Um, so I think we'll, uh, and that's what we've done all year. We've we, we've given oppositions their, their due respect um, by preparing as well as we can for them. Um but I suppose on the day you have to go out and you have to make sure that that, that you're ready to perform as an individual and that the team are, are ready to perform also. <laughs> so I suppose, look, we're going to have to make sure that we're right uh, to give ourselves a chance of of curtailing Tony and and um, you know outside of Tony Ballier have a have a really good team as they've shown in Clare and as they as they've shown in in Munster in the past. Uh, so we'll have to really be on our game to 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 give a good count to ourselves. I presume there's going to be a big uh, bars contingent. Uh, I was in in Port Leash for the uh, the football club semi final. There was a massive crowd there that day, and uh, Ennis as well. I suppose is such a intimate venue, like a, a big bars crowd there. You're you're really going to hear them and feel them. Yeah, I think look, Ennis is a fantastic venue. Um, you know, the, the the crowd are really on top of you down there. It's 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 kind of something there's something a, a bit a bit tribal about the venue. Um, and it's a great place to, to play a game. Um, obviously, you know, we love, there was a, a, a big bar support up there because, you know, we're going to, we're going to need it. Um, and need every, need every, um, I suppose incentive that, that, that we can think of to, to go up there and try and get a result. Um, it's not an easy venue to, to go to, but it is a, a good venue to play a game. Is there that extra bit of hunger then because a lot of you are probably experiencing this for the first time in hurling anyway and uh, just to, to keep that season going because of it's been such a long wait for the hurlers? Yeah, 100%. Um, I suppose one thing we're kind of dry, trying to drill into ourselves is look, it's, a, it's 29 years waiting to, to win a county. A lot of us are there for, for maybe 13 of those um, playing with the last kind of 13 years, some of us. And um, look, it's it's an opportunity um, and it's an opportunity that you don't know when it's going to come about again. It's hard enough when a Cork County Championship. Uh, so now that we've we, we've won one, um, you know, there's another opportunity there ahead of us. And uh, I think for certain we're, uh, we're, we're going up there to, to give a good account of ourselves and uh, to do to do ourselves justice, to do the group justice and, um, you know, to, to do Cork justice in the Munster Championship. Absolutely. Well, Damien, I hope all the preparations go well from everyone on the Big Red bench. The very best of luck and thanks so many for speaking with us. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, Damien Callan there on the upcoming Munster Club campaign for the Bars uh, the 20th of November. Uh, they take on Bellier in Ennis. Now, um, the electricity 
The Air Trusty League Premier Division is coming to an end tonight. Uh, champions Shamrock Rovers looking to add a 24th win of the season on the final day. They travel across Dublin City to take on UCD and UCD need, uh, they know that they need to win next Friday's playoff with Waterford to stay in the division. Second place is still up for grabs as Dundalk need to beat Derry City by three goals to finish runners up. Uh, elsewhere and Harps play their final game in the top flight they're going down of course they play Drogheda St. Pat's take on cup finalists Shelburne and Bohemians face Liger Rovers they all kick off um, in about 10 minutes time now let's uh, finish up by looking at the rugby and the Autumn Nations action. England have made a losing start to the Autumn Internationals. Uh, shocked 30-29 defeat to Argentina. It's their opponent's first win at Twickenham since 2006. Head coach Eddie Jones feels there wasn't too much wrong with the side's performance. If we didn't go out there and dominate the game, then I might be sitting here thinking these blokes have got good rights to get stuck into us. And then we'd have a bit of a fight. But I don't need the fight today because I feel like the team went out and played how they wanted to play but we made some silly mistakes and we can change those things pretty easy yeah uh, better though for Ireland uh, they got up and running in style as they beat World Cup holders South Africa in 1916 last night Mac Hansen and Josh van der Fleer grabbed the tries and um, Conor Murray unfortunately forced off uh, he picked up a knock on the occasion of his 100 cap Tyg Furlong also picked up an injury early in the second half there was injuries galore they were absolutely smashing into each other in, in Lansdowne Road last night and if we see a game like that intensity Thursday night Barky Cueve uh, it's certainly going to make for a, a fantastic watch it's the seventh win in 11 games for Ireland against the Springboks uh, Hugo Keenan has been speaking to the media he actually hasn't even he hadn't played a game all year some game for him to come back in and play after being out uh, for for the start of the season uh, he was speaking to the media after last night's three point win over South Africa at the Ibiza Stadium some experience for your first game of the season uh, yeah um, I knew it was going to be a serious challenge like um, I would have ideally liked to have gotten a few games under the belt before going into this one but I've just been trying to push push I suppose and to get back for this one it's uh, it's always sort of been in the back of my mind uh, there's no bigger test at the moment than that South African side and to I suppose get the chance to play at home against them in front of that crowd is, is pretty special and um, thankfully we, we did the job and uh, it was a brilliant atmosphere out there the fans were incredible and it was, it was an enjoyable one uh, well maybe not so much in game but, but now um, how did the body feel just coming into the game and even just mentally how did you feel like trying to gear yourself up to come back in such a big game yeah like I've been training I suppose gradual return over the last few weeks I've been getting more into it um, had a bit of training with Leinster before was hoping to get a game in but it just didn't fall that way um, so body was getting there it's um, it, I suppose it's my first probably long term injury so it was a new experience for me I suppose being out that long and um, missing so many games over I suppose the last two seasons I've been lucky enough to, to be relatively injury free but a few things were catching up on me and um, so it's it's um, when you go into camp it's pretty intense from from one so getting up to speed as quick as possible um, sorry sorry no problem 
Um, but but that's that's international rugby. You have to sort of be able to step up um, straight away. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to be trusted to to perform today. And I suppose it was a um, there's a lot a lot for me to work on in, in that performance. But it's good to be back out there. You obviously had an excellent summer in New Zealand as a team. To build on that with a win against the world champions, like what does what does a win like that and the manner of the win do for just confidence of the squad? Yeah, I suppose it's about backing up performances now. Um, this is a bit different than than the three leg series in in New Zealand. We spoke about it. We've only got one shot against these, uh, and we obviously lost that first test in New Zealand. And um, this is like a one off playoff nearly and we had to treat it like that so we couldn't afford a sloppy start couldn't afford to let them into the game and um, yeah we just we treated it I suppose in a different manner but we were so keen to I suppose push on from the tour it's not about resting on your laurels and um, getting comfortable with doing what we did then it's um, it's firmly what's what's next for us Uh, how do we push on how do we improve from the tour um, because there's there's lots for us to, to get better at, and that's the exciting part. Is it, is it important for you, Hugo, to, to prove to yourselves as a team that you've been able to win now in a variety of different ways? Because it was a very different type of game to, to New Zealand or even Six Nations last year. Yeah, I suppose we sort of had to grind uh, out, out this win today. We got up um, early. We probably tried to protect the lead a bit too much, if we're being honest with ourselves. We um, probably could have played a bit more rugby, but um, these are sort of learnings you have to take from the game. Um, South Africa obviously probably played a bit more expansive in that second half, tested us. They actually played very well, and um, yeah, it was it was a seriously tough game. But in terms of physicality, how does it compare to anything you've you've experienced before? Uh, yeah, it's right up there. I'm pretty pretty sore now. Uh, Got hit around uh, a few times, um, but that's international rugby. Like they're probably one of the biggest sides, but um, there's there's plenty of uh, heavy packs and uh, big lads in in the Six Nations as well. So it's not too dissimilar. Hugo, the win obviously has come at a little bit of a, a cost with at least three Ireland injuries. Um, how much will the the squad depth, which is so strong these days, now be tested over the rest of the autumn? Yeah, I suppose we're lucky to have had about 50 people into camp this um, <clears throat> this week and over the last two weeks. Um, so it's something something that we've been growing with with a big squad going out to New Zealand. Um, and it's great to, to have that depth. And um, yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate for a few injuries to happen, but that's the nature of the game. And there's lads, I suppose, chomping at the bit, ready, ready to um, step up, like you saw Jimmy O'Brien um, he's been ready for, for a while now and he just came in so seamlessly like into 13 so um, we're lucky enough to, to have that depth throughout all the four provinces and um, we'll, need, we'll need it now over the next two weeks. And you just touched briefly there on, on not just the atmosphere at the Aviva but also that relentless attitude of Andy Farrell, the coaching staff, the players to, to go and build even more after what I think it's 15 wins in 17 now. Yeah, that's that's the challenge. Like we don't want to have that dip perform. Um, it's it's such a big year for for many reasons. We want to um, continue that momentum from the New Zealand series, and that and that's the challenge. 
you obviously you talk about the physicality, the, the hit that Pimpy put on you in the in the second half when they came flying out the line stands to mind. As a as a back line, how, how did you adjust to that threat? They had a lot of success r- rushing out and shutting down the back line attack as well as you breaking the line once or twice. Yeah, like it was it was no real surprise to us um, that that was coming. They obviously have a huge um, part of their game is that that line speed they bring and what their what their outside backs do and they're they're brilliant readers and probably best in the world at that. Um, so we suppose just tighten it up a small bit. And um, there was a few I suppose mistakes leading to those big hits as well. We probably um, shoveled on a pass or two that. Um, that we shouldn't have that we needed to um, carry up but these are the learnings like it's probably our first time playing South Africa in I don't know how many years um, so it's it's good to get that experience against this sort of side um, uh, You go just on the confidence that Andy Farrell has in you um, could you tell us a little bit about that and I suppose the relationship you have because obviously you haven't been playing as much as you would have liked so um, not that it was a surprise that you were starting but uh, what that relationship is like and the confidence he has in you um, yeah, I suppose I had to build up that confidence now over the last couple of weeks and um, get back in training, get performing in training and treating that as sort of my um, prep in terms of every training day is a game day because uh, that's the, the only real chance I had to, to get up to speed with international rugby. So, um, yeah, I was delighted to, I suppose, get the, get the nod to, to play again. Hugo Keenan there speaking after uh, last night's win over South Africa at Lansdowne Road 1916 Ireland getting up and running in the Autumn Nations series. Before we go, Seamus Power is one under par after four holes in Mexico during the final round of the Worldwide Technology Championship The Waterford man is looking to build on his third round 63 last night of course, putting him into fourth place on 15 under par. He's now up to 16 under. He's in a five weights high for third and and they are all six shots off the leader, Russell Henley, who is still on 22 under par. That is it. We're uh, running out of time here. Uh, if you want to catch up, go to redfm.ie to catch last night's and tonight's Big Red Bench podcast and also all the other podcast platforms. Uh, we'll be back next week, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Green on Red is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.